This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we take a look at a team that thinks it's Christmas came early this year, with Matt Payne taking wins, David Reynolds taking wins, and Grove Racing looking like they're a powerhouse in Ford ranks. And, and if I reflect back, I mean, Supercars have had a couple of goes at this over the journey with Gen 2 and, and obviously the Blueprint project. So I just hope that they take away uh, a lessons learned and, and understand how to do this right. You know, it's not just luck when you when you can when you can have two cars up there. That means you've got genuine cars. Stephen Grove and David Couchy are on this edition of Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock, I'm with Stephen Grove at Grove Racing down in Brayside and uh, the place looks magnificent, you, I've, I've seen some of the videos and David Couchy taking us through the changes, it is an impressive venue. Yeah listen it was important, we wanted to really get the culture right, it was more about getting everybody together, so a lot of, as you can see a lot of open spaces, so you know the mechanics, the, the, the people in the workshop, the engineers, everybody eats lunch together and, and morning tea etc together, so there's a swapping of ideas, and so we really wanted to bring that to the fore. We wanted the gym. We wanted to make sure that we set it up and, and, some, uh, and some areas for our sponsors where they can use the bar and, and different areas. Now, it was only in November of 21, roughly, that you took over the Kelly um, business as such. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we, our first full year was 22. We've done two years now. So we did 21 at a 50-50 partnership with the Kellys, uh, and the plan always was to... to, to take over in 2022. That must have been very difficult because it was the time when COVID and you were having those triple meetings at certain venues and you couldn't, mustn't have been able to get to many of them. Yeah, it was pretty tough and it was, it, you know, we, when you go into any new venture, there's two of you and there's, there's a decision-making process and we had COVID behind that. We wanted to, uh, you know, continue to grow the business where, where Todd, his view, you know, he was getting out of the business. So it, it was a pretty static sort of year we didn't do a lot per se in really trying to improve uh the car uh it was gen 2 and, and even in 2022 we spent a fair bit of money developing the car but we were running out uh of that car obviously to a gen 3 so uh yeah it was a different time and of course um the kelly's um developed their, their own ford engine in-house at that stage um which you then you know took over for 2022 um did you have problems with the engine at all, the program was as such? Because Todd was running it really, wasn't he? Yeah, well, with the program in 2022, we went to uh, Wilkinshaw uh, and, and they, used right. their, they used their engine shop. Uh, and we got the most out of it. And even with our engineers, we worked on it. We got the most out of it we could uh, by spending, you know, I would say significant money. But to get it to the level we needed to get it, there was a huge investment we needed to make and, and a lot of R&D. And we had, you know, half a season to go. So I think we got to just before Bathurst and we said, that's it. We got what we got for the motor. And we, we think from our calculations, we were probably losing a tenth, a tenth and a half. 
uh, per lap um, on, on the motor we had, but we'd improved it from there, so we had what we had to run for the rest of the year. Okay. And um, 2022, of course, um, David was in his first year um, with the team, and you had pole positions with him, I think a couple of, but no race wins. You had a podium, I think, one or two podiums in that year. Um, and quite obviously, you know, the cars were fast, but not quite enough to, to get the wins because you were fighting against uh, the uh, eight cars, for instance, and um, the uh, Walkinshaw cars. Yeah, I mean, the Gen 2 car for us, like I said, we, we sort of had what we had and we developed it really well, but behind the scenes, we're rebuilding the team, we're rebuilding the engineering, we're rebuilding the mechanical. You know, most of the personnel have changed. You know, I would say... <laughs> You know, be seventy to eighty percent of the, uh, maybe even more of of the personnel's changed. You know, we've rebuilt the personnel, um, so we were trying to learn, you know, how to win. Really, that was the big issue to tr to try and get the team in twenty twenty two to understand that a, uh, we were aiming for wins. Um, getting in the top ten w w was positive, but for me personally, we needed to achieve more. But that was sort of where the norm was within the organisation. So we really took some time to change the culture to say, listen, we really can win and get belief in the team. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about that personnel thing because one of it would appear to be the keys to success, and we know it's with all motor racing and most ventures of any kind, other people, and that you manned up something, something big time. When did you identify that um, David Couchy was going to be the person that was going to be your team principal? Oh, straight away. I mean, we didn't have a list that had more than one name on it. You know, you know, we sat down and, and uh, with Brent. I sat down with Brenton, and you know, he's quite experienced. He'd, he'd raced at Triple Eight with, with Super Two, um, and, and we looked, and, and he was the top of the list. And we said, "Well, we need to we need to work with Dave and see if, if he's got the same." I mean, it wasn't, you know, the theory a lot in, in in the commercial world is you just throw a lot of money, and that and that's it, that's it's never about that. The money just works itself out yeah. traditionally. It's about did he have the same values as us? I mean, our values as a race team flows from our business, you know, privately owned family business, we, we have very, very high standards in, in the way people should act and the way people should treat and the presentation of, of how you present something and you always try to do the best possible job you can and really believe in it. So he had all those qualities um, and, and treating people right and, and letting people develop because if you run an organisation where you say, I know everything and it's my way or the highway, you're never going to succeed. You need to bring the right people in and let them run the course because that's what they're good at. So we identified it was David, and, and as history shows, we went and, and he believed in what we were saying we were going to do, and we came together, and it's been great. One of the interesting things is that there is now this growing trend, and obviously you're at the start of it sort of thing, of race engineers realising that they can only go so far. You know, there's only so many backers they can win and all championships, but you need to move into a different role. And that was something, it was unexpected of David when it was announced that he was coming here to be team principal, but obviously successful, so. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we also said, I mean, a part of the selling process, I suppose, to Dave was, you know, we'll help you grow in that area. I mean, that's one of the things I've done all my life in business. You know, we'll teach you the commercial side of the business, obviously the engineering side of the business, you know, he was very strong at, and the people skills he was very strong at, and his personality was certainly right for our business. But hopefully we've added a lot of the commercial side of the business and taught him uh, to understand how businesses function. So I think that's been good for him. You, you might not know it, but maybe you do. You know he's a Wally Story protege. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, 
uh, Wally story, uh, first got involved with him, he was working, I think was working with Lansvale, maybe involved in Wally's son, I can't think of his name now, uh, Rob, his son, uh, race Formula Ford, and David was helping there. And it was a phone call to Roland, said, I've got this kid here that you should take, you know, bang and... Yeah, and well stuff. done. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the background stories yeah. that I really love sort of thing. Um, okay, so one of the other key uh, things about your year this year is quite obviously, as I said, you manned up the team. Um, the addition of um, Alice McVean was with Dave Reynolds, came here and joined the team. He's now stayed here where Dave's gone off to another. Um, was that a hard thing to keep him sort of thing? Because he obviously has a, a, a skill level that matches Couchies and, and Grant McPherson's. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, a very, very strong engineering uh, department that we have. And, you know, from Alistair, he, he just believes in our journey. I, I know he's had a long association with Dave, but, you know, he believed in our uh, where we're going, our vision, what we want to achieve, and to be a part of that success, hopefully moving forward. So it wasn't really a, a process of having to convince him. It was just, this is our plan. And, and, and he said, I want to be a part of that. And I want to stay. And I want to be a part of the growth of Grove. So, um, yeah, he's staying. And one of the big things that happened in Adelaide on that last Sunday of the year was that um, not only a, a, your young driver, Matt Payne, got his first win, but also your young engineer, um, Jack Bell, who, of course, um, has been involved in your GT program and going through that. And that was a very big thing, I imagine, for Jack, as much as it was for Matt. Oh, definitely. I and mean, that's why we put those two together. I mean, it, our belief is you, know, you need to go and get the right senior people, but then you need to build your own people and, and you need to entrust people and bring people along, which we've done with Jack. Um, Jack's just uh, straight after Adelaide, him and Al actually flew um, to Malaysia mm -hmm. and they worked on one of the GT cars over there for the week because it just gave them some more training uh, through Earl Bamba's team. Um, and the information they're able to provide to the GT team on engineering and setup and that was just was really great. And for them to see GT, so it's a real training program and Jack's been on that and, and we're very excited about Jack and Jack moving forward. So Jack and... Uh, and Maddie will make a great team. Okay, so you had enormous success. You had uh, Davey getting four podiums in a row in those last four races. Um, Maddie's win, obviously, was electric. But also the fact that you showed speed over those last two events. That was, you know, quite phenomenal. Pole positions and things like that. Yeah, I mean, we really struggled at the start of the year, as all the Ford teams did, I mean, on the parity stuff. I mean, the cars were not right, as simple as that. Um, we think the cars are pretty well close to being right now and um, once we got a car within the window we always knew we had a fast car but we just couldn't get the tyres to last um, and then we had a few things I mean Sydney where D uh, Dave's wheel came off uh, or he got hit and then and then sorry Sandown where his wheel came off so we've had a, a few things that haven't worked but once we got the cars back we were very confident that we would be right so um, it bodes really well for 2024. Yeah indeed um, and David wasn't going over to America, to uh, North Carolina, was he? No. 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 Okay. But, um, so you'll be fed back that results from supercars on, on the parity that's come out. They've said now that the cars are equal. Yeah, my understanding is, uh, and this is only my understanding, so it's certainly not uh, factual based on anything I've read or anything I've been given, but um, I think they went back and they tested version one of, of the setup, um, mm -hmm. and I think there was a fair difference. So that's what we... 
we were we had at the start of the year, and then test and they tested version three yep. updates, which is the current. And my understanding which has is that scallop on the front nose. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and a bit of work done on the back wing. Yep. Uh, and my understanding is they were extremely close. Yeah. And that shows you that you know I I thought you know we started to develop when we had that from Gold Coast on. Um, that the cars would be right, and they are, and they are. And once we get them even, uh, it gives us an opportunity to really mix it. Um, one of the things historically, and you know, I only started in '94 doing what I do. <laughs> wow. Um, one of the things that throughout my time, and I know beforehand, is that General Motors, through their Holden subsidiary here, had always been better at um, manoeuvring, manipulating, uh, coercing, whatever else the terminology. Um, the management of the whole thing, whether it was Teague or Avesco or whatever, than Ford were. And that would appear to be the case now. I mean, you know, reports during the year that Ford has said, we're going to take our bat and ball and go home. Well, that was never really going to happen. But it just seems to me that um, even through this era, the suggestions, I mean, there was one stage, and I'm sure you would have almost balked at it when it was suggested the Ford teams are all screwing up. You know, they're the ones, it's, it's not the car it's, it, or the drivers, it's the teams. And I just thought that was really unfair to still put that out there. Extremely unfair. I mean, it challenged all the people that worked the long hours. I mean, our people worked just as hard as the GM team's people, you know, the late nights and preparing the car and all that. And to be told that we're just not doing a good job uh, was extremely disappointing. And, and if I reflect back, I mean, Supercars have had a couple of goes at this over the journey with Gen 2 and, and obviously the Blueprint project. So I just hope that they take away uh, a lessons learned and, and understand how to do this right. Because, yeah, I mean, the season's over and, it, and it's been, uh, and the numbers are up with crowds and, and et cetera. But, you know, we wasted a lot of time and a lot of money, uh, the Ford teams, for the first 75% of the season, if not longer. Um, to be really trying as hard as you could to get the car more advanced with your hand, with your hand tied behind your back. Yeah. And I think one of the the only thing is, is is if there's any positive in it is I think because we worked so hard to make what we had fast. When we got them even, the cars were fast because we had to find things and work ways around getting the cars fast. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, final uh, race uh, nine of the top twelve being forwards, well. You know, I mean, people work pretty hard to do that. Yeah, yeah and, and just reflecting back on, on, on your comment there, I mean, there were some pretty good teams there. There were some pretty good Ford teams that, that the comment was made that all lost their way was a bit, uh, a bit disappointing. Yeah, um, which one of the interesting things was the way in which your team, from the moment you were given the uh, front and rear wing changes... Um, that you definitely did a better job. Not I think you did a better job. You did do a better job because better job than the homologation team in DJR. When you had that wider rear wing and the back mounted back further and things like that, you tested once after you received that, didn't you? Yeah, we had a rookie day at Winton. Uh, we had half the day which was wet, which was good to run on the wet tyres, so that, that certainly uh, gave us some data. And then we tested in the afternoon, but... It, again, it, it floats back to not having cars equal prior to that and, and how hard the engineers work to find setups and find ways of making the old car, which translated when we had the update on these cars, to have quick cars. So uh, hopefully we can do a bit more work on the motor 
and then we can get going in 2024. Okay. Um, that motor, the transient dyno thing is going on at the moment, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that's my understanding, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, given that you're a businessman, you know, and that you measure things in success, and whether it's KPIs or any of those other sort of measures you have, how do you rate your season? I mean, you know, putting that last four races in there as part of that uh, whole situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, you sort of reflect on the last couple of races and we sort of got going and then you've got to add back in the issue we had with our one hand tied behind our back in relation to the, the parity issue. So overall, it was it was solid. Um, not so much from, from the results on the track. It's just how we've built the team and, and how we're ready to go. And it's an interesting point, whether it's the first race as an engineer, the first race as, as a driver or the first race as a team. When you win your first race, that's done. You've ticked that box and you know how to win and you know um, that you can win. So I think we set ourselves up, not just in the car performance, but the way the teams performed overall gives us a good grounding going forward. So if you had to put a number on it, to be honest, I'd say a 6 out of 10, mm -hmm. um, which which is fantastic because it gives enormous room to, to develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're a harsh market, market <laughs> by the way. <laughs> because, I mean... You're only as good as your last race. Well, chip, we won that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, now, just looking at the way things are, um, you're bringing in Richie Stanaway. I mean, one would say if, if things weren't changing, if Dave was staying here and those sort of things, you'd have to think that you're in the top three in terms of uh, championship chance, whether teams or drivers. Richie brings in an element because he hasn't driven in the series but every time that he's out there and performed, as in Sandown and Bathurst, did exactly what, if not more, than it was asked of him. Um, you'd have to believe that he's going to be as good as in time as Dave. Oh, no question. He's a, his overall ability in the, in the data, and he's driven the car a couple of times, and his feedback, and obviously we spent some time uh, in Abu Dhabi last weekend, uh, setting the car up, obviously didn't work out well for us in the race, but setting the car up and the quality and that stuff, his feedback's really, you know, I haven't seen feedback that good. Uh -huh. um, and his ability to race a car. So we think uh, it won't, I mean, Matty, we, we went through the year, you know, he progressed and then he became where he needs to be now and he'll start the year, you know, hopefully in the top five or six, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and, and Richie won't be too far behind him. Um, Richie comes off the back of winning Bathurst uh, he did a great job there. He was in the top couple, in you know, as a as a co-driver. So we just need to get him in the car and and get him right and get him going. But we we're confident that we can have a we we go into the championship in twenty twenty four with the clear belief, not fantasyful belief, but the clear belief we can win we can win the um, team's championship. Yep. And we'll yep. see what rolls out from there. Um, has it been um, any more done on the pit life pit lane thing, or is that just static that's done now and that? You know, the opening round will be where Erebus is in pit lane one, and then yeah, that's after that. My understanding again is that's done. Yeah. It's 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 completely done for for twenty twenty four. So I mean, it's a huge advantage to get towards the front, and there's a lot of argument there. I mean, yeah, Erebus, fantastic job. You know, big tick to them. Do they deserve to be there all year? Well, there's an argument for that. There's no question of that. Um, but from a fan perspective, to be uh, alive. Uh, pit lane gives us an ability to, to try and do a good job and get towards the front. It's a dynamic that works and you know, I've been both IndyCars and NASCARs and, you know, it's that, so different, you know, their whole paddock layout, 
you know, where they have a dedicated garage, whereas we're in pit lane sort of thing, and just all so different. And it does bring a dynamic to um, the races for people in that seeing as to, oh, they won last time out, so they're in number one sort of thing. So that, yeah, I, I can see that that has value. It does, you know, it does mean that um, you, I suppose, even more on your toes in order to move forward the whole time. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, it comes from GT. At GT, every track we rock up to, we've got a different garage. And you've got to work out where you are and you've got to remember it for pit stops. So that adds a bit too. I like that. You know, the drivers have got, can't just drive to the same spot. They got, you know, some of them will miss their spots and that will create a bit of controversy, I would imagine. Um, but again, if you're winning and you can, you know, under a safety car and in a, in a uh, possession of cars, if you can get in, you can fuel to keep yourself on the front. I mean, if you're at the back of the grid, you've got to wait to all the other cars. You know, if you're leading the race and you come in in your last grid, you've got to wait to all the other cars before you can get back out. So... There's a distinct advantage of, of, of being up the front, and we need to really work hard to do that. Yeah, okay. One of the things, I, I think you made some comments recently about um, driver promotion. I think on the back of maybe Scott Pye, I think, came out and said it, that you need to do more to get the drivers out there and up there and, you know, sort of thing. Um, I, I was fascinated to see also that um, Van Gisbergen, before he left, sort of said, you know, we should be promoting V8 supercars because that's what they are and not dropping that as a name sort of thing. I, I think that's been a mistake, really, because that's what the cars are. They are V8s, and as long as we've still got that, we should be promoting it. Definitely. I'm, I've been saying since the, the, the day I got into supercars back in, in you know, start of 21, uh, we don't promote the drivers. I mean, you have a look at, and to use an example, and, uh, you know, Craig Lance, terrific guy. You know, he can walk into a, you know, a, a restaurant and he's known. I mean, you take... Most of the current drivers walk, no one would know them. And mm -hmm. I think promoting is really important because it promotes our sport. And I, I think these guys need to become, you know, household names in our industry, in our sport. So I think that's important. And I think the V8 supercar is unbelievably important. I mean, most manufacturers are stopping V8s now and, and moving to other forms of, of uh, compulsion. So I think we need to really, really promote this sport. Yeah, indeed. Um, just looking at overall... Um, the way in which, I mean, you'll continue doing GT um, in 24, uh, you and your son? Yeah, we, we, we swapped now from, from uh, Porsche to Mercedes. I mean, the last race uh, recently, last weekend, was with the Porsche. So we, we had, had worked with Merck uh, in, in Indianapolis when we raced over there. So we'll do, uh, we'll do a lot more endurance racing. We'll continue to do endurance racing. Our next race is only three weeks away, which is Dubai 24-hour. Um, and that's in the new Merck, so we've got to learn a new car. So there's a new Merck being built in Germany. Uh, Mercedes are building, or HWA, a division of Mercedes, yes. are building for us. Yeah. Um, so we'll continue to do that. Um, whether our supercar drivers uh, can do that with us, we'll determine as, as the year goes on. But we still continually race with them. It's Brent and Earl Bamber. Yeah, and will you be... Uh, Earl Bamber will be running the car, will he? Yeah, correct. Right, OK. Um, all right, well... And the possibility he may drive as well with you? Or? Yeah, he'll drive, uh, again, depending on his schedule, because he, he drives for Cadillac and mm. uh, he'll continue to do that. So he'll drive where he can. Um, and, and we'll use our drivers when, when we can as well, but there's a real difference in distinction. I mean, we do it because we want to win in GT. There's no question of that, but we do it for fun. Yep. Um, where supercars is a business. Mm. You know, we, we need to get on and, and, and win races. Um, you know, there's obviously been a, a lot of change in the last couple of years, you know, with the ownership and things like that. 
Um, and it seems at times that they haven't been as vocal, haven't been as as out there and, and um, speaking to the team owners, you know, the bit I get the feedback. Um, do you think that's potentially going to change? Well, I think potentially it has to change because if it doesn't change, you're really just going to have a, a business that just plods along. I mean, you really need to be working with... I mean, they're all the stakeholders. I mean, we need to work with race and we need to work with supercars, but you need all the stakeholders... Um, that are there promoting the business. I mean, there's only you know, 11 or 12 of us that, that have licences in the country and that's capped uh, at that number. So we really need to be working together to continue to grow the sport. Yeah, OK. Um, one of the things that um, changed this year um, was um, co-driver in that you um, got Gas Tander involved and obviously highly experienced and Bathurst winner and all those sorts of things. I think three times Bathurst winner now. Yeah, yeah, I, I might be more. No, I might be more than that. Yeah, okay, right. Um, and he's got a secondary role within the team, hasn't he? Yeah, listen, he runs our, our, our junior program, um, which is the young kids coming through. So, you know, we're investing in young kids um, that, that will come through that we're thinking about in year three, year four from now. You mm -hmm. know, um, I mean, Matty, he's got a long period. You know, he's only a young guy, 21, I think, just turned 21. Um, Richie's 32, so, you know, if you threw four years on that for, for, for the sake of it, uh, that's 36. I mean, the next generation needs to come through, so uh, he, he's invaluable with that. He, he mentors them, he teaches them. Uh, his feedback in the car is, is, is great, and I still think he's, you know, in the top couple of co-drivers in this country, yeah. if not the, you know, number one co-driver. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to move away from Jamie. I mean, Jamie's been doing a long time, but, but he's certainly in the top couple. Um, I've actually met um, and interviewed uh, one of your young drivers in Oscar Target. Mm. Very impressive young man um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Obviously, has a father who's involved in go-karts and for a long time. So, um, And have you got more in the line? I mean, I'm sure you'd be well aware of, you know, the Ryan Wood. He's going to be the rookie next year. I don't know how many we'll have, but he's certainly the first one. Um, Kai Allen's in the wings, um, possibly with DJR in 25. Um, there are some fantastic young men out there. Unfortunately, not we can't say men and women, but men at the moment. Um, have you got somebody else at the moment you can talk about yet? Or not? Well, the main one's really the one we're focusing on now is Oscar because you know he's uh, only young, uh, just turned eighteen. Yep, I, I think from memory. Um, so we got, there's a real development program. We ran him last year in, in GT Challenge, and we also ran him in uh, Toyota Series. Uh, he'll continue to run uh, under the Grove banner. Uh, we've got a long-term, real long-term contract with with Oscar. So it's important that we continue to focus on him at the moment and get him ready and, and right to go uh, down the track. Okay. Um, obviously, you'll um, have a test day or two for the new season. Um, would there be any chance that you'd be looking at you know, signing up your, your enduro drivers at that stage to get them in the car as well? Well, we've got, obviously, Garth uh, will be in the car, so we just need to get some feedback from overseas, whether we run Kevin again or right. uh, uh, Maddie, who I spoke to at Adelaide, he, he, he can't do it, he's out. Um, Earl Bamber can't do it, he's out, and they're sort of the three that we, we, we sort of hover around, so we'll just have to wait and see where that, where that goes. Now, there were some interesting comments, in fact, from Kevin Estray, um, where he was saying that driving your car was the toughest thing he's done in recent times. Which is fascinating for somebody who's, you know, Le Mans and all those sorts of tracks and 
Gosh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot in, I mean, the braking, you know, all majority of the GT drivers, I'd, I'd be picking a rough number, 70, 75%, uh, you know, left foot brake because that's what they come out of. So to come back and have to right foot brake, um, you know, heel and toe, some of the old things that these guys haven't done for such a long time is very hard. The, the, and the car, you know, the tyres on, on a supercar's quite small so yep. the feedback you get from there is quite difficult so they're a very very unique car yeah um so he, we thought he did an outstanding job in the car so if if we could get him back that would be great because he would just have elevate to the next level but he's uh you know he's a first-rate driver and, and matt's already picked up a pretty good uh, uh schedule at bathurst anyway because you know he got a six with lee back in uh 21 or 22 yeah, yeah. um so you know it's obviously a good pairing then. Yeah, yeah, they'll be good. Um, and Matty's just getting more and more experience and he'll get better and better at uh, his ability. I mean, if, if, you, if you just focus back on Adelaide, I mean, what a stand me with him is we, we can obviously watch the telemetry inside the garage, but his consistency, lap on lap on lap, mm. you know, he, he, the same breaker markers, the same everything. He just had, you know, fantastic consistency over a long period of time and, if you look at the guys coming through Super Two or Career Cup or where you know where they come from, they're doing eight, ten, twelve, fifteen lap races. You know, twenty lap races, thirty lap. This is a seventy-eight lap, so it takes a little while to get that consistency. So when he goes back to Bathurst, that's a long stint, that last stint. Yeah. Um, he'll have a lot more consistency in twenty twenty-four than he did have in twenty twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things, of course, that you do lose with Dave is somebody who is as comfortable. With the press, I remember actually, um, I sent some messages to David, and I've been involved with him since 06, sort of thing, in Formula Ford days. Uh, Mick and Marie asked me to help some years ago when his concentration levels, not quite as what they are now. Um, but uh, I sent a message to him, and he was sitting next to you, of course, um, and he, he was talking, and he spoke fantastically well on the Sunday night at uh, Adelaide. Um, and he said to me, he said, oh, I thought I was talking just absolute rubbish. He says, no, you weren't. It, it all made sense, what you were saying. And he says, oh, I never know, really. <laughs> but to that end, um, because uh, Richie and Matt are not high profile, they're not extroverted people, um, do Penwright require, you know, a lot more? Will they have to sort of really get out and shake the trees a bit and say, hey, we're here and, you know, uh, well, for, for, that's a very valid point. I mean, when we, we made a decision on both Matt and, and Richie, uh, you know, at different times, for us it was very important we got the best driver in the car. And, th- and there is, um, an, uh, you know, there is a thought pattern, well, hang on, who's the best commercial person? Well, for us that, that's not important to me uh, to that end. I want the best drivers in the cars that can win. But then from a Penrite perspective, the, it gives them resources to, to use both drivers who, who, who are really good, to use Garth, to use Couchy, um, even myself in, in a more corporate environment. So it, it, what they get with us is a whole lot of people that can come for different circumstances. You want to talk to a driver about racing, that's fine. You want to talk to someone uh, maybe in a different environment about business, you know, I can come along. You want to talk technical stuff for the workshop guys, you can, you can bring uh, uh, Couchy along. Yeah. Um, and, of course, um, one of the uh, unique things about David is that... Um, you know, some people sort of regard him as a clown. Well, of course, he's not that at all. He's far from it. Um, but he does add something to it. And when you look back at, you know, say Richie had stepped away from the series because Gary didn't like the way he behaved at Service Paradise. 
oh, okay, well, you know, Gary's an unusual cat anyway, so, you know. Um, the confidence um, for young men, particularly, you know, as obviously as just turned 21, Matt, um, you can see that there's just below the surface, you can sort of say, just a little bit further. My father's a New Zealander, okay? Yep. So I'm used to New Zealanders around, and I've been there for years and years and years. Um, that They don't want to tell their story, and I actually equate it with the two countries. In New Zealand, of course, it's all very close, and, and it's all like this. So New Zealanders keep their story to themselves. They don't share. Australians, because it's a large country, hey, look here, I'm here, <laughs> and, you know, very loud about it all. And it's a contrast between me and my father, who's long since dead. But, um, and you can see almost that Matt, you could almost get it out of him. You could almost bring it. I'm not saying you're going to change his character, but you could see where he's getting more and more comfortable with it. it you know, and obviously having his first win has that magic effect. I mean, you know far better than I do about the impact of podiums on a regular basis. And suddenly your comfort levels, oh, I'm so comfortable here. And what amazes me is, is the Kiwis are, are all very the same. I mean, yeah. you know, Gizzy, McLaughlin, uh, uh, Payne, uh, you know, Richie to an extent. Murph was a bit out. He's a bit different, you know. He's, yeah. he, he's, uh, well, he's an old man. Would you want to know his father, wouldn't you? No. Not uh, Kevin? Oh, <laughs> I first oh yes, him. yes, yes. Yeah, many, many, we sponsored that team many, yeah. many years ago. Yeah. Kevin, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Kevin, he comes from where I actually lived for a while as a kid in Napier. And um, Kevin, I can remember meeting him when Kevin was, uh, Greg was over here doing Formula Holden. Um, and I, I suppose Kevin didn't help the cause for, for Greg for some years because he's doing things that Mal Ramsey still sort of says, oh, bloody Kevin Murphy, you know, <laughs> from Holden days. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch the way in which Matt develops. Um, and, and certainly Richie. I mean, one of the things that seems so obvious that... Uh, um, they're both very capable drivers, and when they get comfortable in the car, in the team, and all that, so it'll flow. I mean, and that's the challenge for us. I mean, the challenge for us is to make sure we get the environment right around them, because, uh, as I said, I, for me, I want to win the races. So we need to build an infrastructure to give them the opportunity to do that. I mean, I spent a lot of time with Scott McLaughlin uh, as he was coming through, and there's, a, there's and, and I don't want to put any pressure on on Maddie. But there's some really characteristics between yeah. him. He's got a little bit of Scotty in him in some areas in the way he uh, goes to his racing. And, and, and his natural ability is a little bit like Izzy. I mean, he, he'd be one of the guys, from my view, that I look from the outside. I mean, he's fast in anything. And that's just a natural ability. I mean, even when he went and did the GT stuff overseas in the, the factories, I mean, man, he was just I mean, so good at what he did. So... If we can sort of get a little bit of both of them uh, mixed up in Matty, we'll, we'll be miles ahead. Well, Stephen Grove, thank you very much for giving me your time. Um, I certainly think um, your recent results bode well for a really excellent 2024, and clearly you've put together the elements for uh, that continued success uh, in the new year. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for Stephen Grove joining us on Inside Supercars. We're joined with a man who's had another win to add to his uh, portfolio for 2023. David Couchy, congratulations, it's a wonderful thing, but not only that, a debut win for a young man here. That's quite something. Yeah, look, the, um, for Matt, Matt Payne's first win in his rookie season at a circuit like Adelaide is, uh, is an unbelievable achievement. So the whole team, you know, for, for 
you know, for quite a while now, it's just been working unbelievably well together. Uh, and, you know, I'm not surprised that we're starting to get these results, but um, it's so competitive in this category that to actually achieve it, uh, until it actually happens, you know, you, you're, always, um, you're always sort of at that thing where, Jesus, are we going to actually do it? But, you know, we've done it now. Uh, Matt's done it. He's a, he's a Supercars winner. Uh, this team knows how to win. And, um, you know, even to have both cars on the podium, to have Reynolds up there in P3, just shows that, that the whole team is working well. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just luck when you, when, you can, when you can have two cars up there. That means you've got genuine car speed, which we definitely had this weekend. So uh, I'm so proud of the entire team uh, and really happy for Matt to achieve that. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's awesome. The great thing was, and I know as a long time racer that you do not think this way until it's crossed the, the line and the check flag down, but uh, there were a lot of us up there, uh, not only wishing, but believing he was going to win today. It had that appearance right from the start. Yeah, look, it was a, I mean, it was a clinical win, you know, starting off the front row uh, and then getting a, a start and then basically just controlling the race from there. Uh, it was, you know, it's just one of those, call it, you know, uh, superstar performances, really. There's, there's no other uh, explanation for it. It's, uh, you know, but yeah, until you actually do it, you haven't done it, right? So uh, he's now done it and uh, we, can, we can build from there. One of the things, of course, about racing drivers, you know this better than me, is that it's all about confidence levels, reaching confidence levels, and he's now done that. And it, there's a na natural happening that occurs next, and it winning more often. You see that, don't you? Yeah, you know, definitely this sport, you know, you get confidence and it builds momentum, uh, you know, you build momentum from that. And he's been, you know, again, him and his race engineer, Jack Bell, they've been working really well together. You know, it's Jack's rookie year in, in the main series as well. So it's actually, t you know, it's a rookie win for uh, for his race engineer, which makes me very proud as well, because I know how hard it is to do it from, from the race engineer's seat. It's a, it's a tough gig and they get a, a lot of pressure, especially when uh, I'm their boss. So um, it's, uh, yeah, but... They're, they're just um, they're rising to the occasion and this weekend uh, they just did they did everything right and they deserve that win. What does David Couchy's Christmas New Year and then roll on to the start of the season look like? Uh, definitely need some downtime. It's been a it's been a pretty big year. I think you know everyone in the category uh, has has worked un unbelievably hard to get these cars not just built at the start of the year but to you know learn them and develop them over the year. So everyone uh, definitely needs a, a month off. Uh, but I'll definitely be thinking a fair bit about racing, I can promise you that. And what have you learnt from this year that you want to put into place for next year? What, is there a system you want to change or a process? Uh, look, you know, we've, we've, we've definitely been developing all of our systems and processes, you know, for, for, for a little while now and they're all just starting to come in, you know, come into place and it doesn't, it yeah, it takes time. You can't just uh, make that those changes overnight and uh we you know it's a, but it's a, and you need the the buy-in from the team and the all the guys and girls in the team and we've absolutely got that you know everyone in this team uh is out there they want to win uh and they want to make the place better and better and that's what that's all we've been focusing on we, we we don't talk too much about it we focus on ourselves and haven't really been uh too vocal about too much that's gone on this year we've just looked at, keep looking at ourselves and keep looking at how we can improve now I know that Brendan and Stephen are heading off to Abu Dhabi. Um, do you? You're not going on that one. No, I've I've taken that one off. Okay, I'll miss all right. Um, and we've also uh, spoken to both uh, Ben Nightingale and Brendan McKinniskin about the uh, parity tests going on. What time do you sort of lock in to see what the results of that is? 
yeah, look, all that work going on in the in the next few months is, is critical for the category to, to get that right, to make sure that in 2024, we, we don't talk about it. You know, it's we just want to go racing. That's all I want. And I know that's all everybody else in the in the category wants. So, um, you know, I, I think they've got a, a pretty decent plan. Uh, and hopefully if they execute on that plan, uh, we can, um, you know, just have a, a clean year of, of racing and, uh, you know, go from there. I will ask one question, which you can, uh, I, you know, it's out of left field. So uh, the change with the engine program, the fact that it's going within DJR, do you see that any complications for you and your engine supply? Oh, look, yeah, there are some, some things that we have to deal with from an IP perspective um, to make sure that that's handled appropriately, but I'm sure we'll we'll do that. And, um, you know, the, there's some work to be done on the engine to, to make sure that um, it's competitive. And um, but yeah, DJR, you know, are definitely um, definitely invested in doing that. Um, it's in their best interest as well, and um, I'm sure that's all they want. And you know, again, their races, they just want to go out there and race with a you know equal and equal and fair um, playing field against all competitors. Well, from the serious hard hitting question to the fella in the Hawaiian shirt, what's it going to be like with David Reynolds? And David brings a dynamic. He also brings a profile and a, a, a lot of other things. What's that going to be like with this with this driver change in the team? Oh yeah, look, Dave's definitely a, you know a well-respected driver in the category. He's he's a, he's a huge character, a huge personality, and he's and we're gonna you know we're gonna miss that. So, um, but you know, we're also you know very happy to have Richie come on board next year. He's uh, proven this year that he's um, determined and has the the ability to win. Uh, to win to win Bathurst is no uh, no easy thing. So. Um, um, so yeah, look, you know, we're excited. You know, we wish Dave all the best, and you know, to have him on the podium today was a fitting, um, fitting end to his time with, um, to his time with us. And uh, yeah, but bring on next year with uh, with Matt and Richie. All right. Well, thank you very much, David Couchy. Congratulations again. I think this will make your Christmas just that little bit sweeter. Enjoy it all and enjoy your family. It sure will, and thank you very much. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.